So the cover story on this week's New York Magazine gives readers a guide to polyamory or being in an open relationship. And then I'm supposed to ask you all, would you be open to this? No. How many are we talking about? Not y'all. <laughs> Them. I know y'all are going for it. You don't know that. I oh, I do know. I know, no. This Ryan? is not a polyamorous audience. <laughs> no. no. Yeah, no. You you know when you come out, you can find you know. the polyamorous people. <laughs> I'm not looking at anybody in particular. <laughs> Sir, let's talk about your mama, who's so dumb she got hit by a parked car. (laughs) Me? I think I've finally caught on. I think that you're opening with quotes that Whoopi has said in movies. And we are to guess what what it is that we're hearing. Maybe so. (laughs) So... Theodore Rex? No. Ghost? No. Sir, let's talk about your mama, who's so dumb she got hit by a parked car. The the Strand. (laughs) Okay, I'll give you a hint. It's a sequel. Theodore Rex 2. There's no sequel to Theodore Rex. Wait! Oh, I know, I know, I know. Sister Act 2. That's right. Good one. Yay. Sean is here. Welcome back. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I heard, look, I wasn't going to come on the show. Well, it's not that I wasn't going to come on the show. But the problem is, as a a problem I understand that you both have shared, I stopped watching The View. Uh, I was acquired. I was poached by a larger media conglomerate. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my time is taken up watching bad reality TV now. And so, but then I heard that the fans were clamoring to have me back. Were they? I didn't hear that. <laughs> I guess we've got ears in different places. Well, I can leave now. There was a small but mighty movement. So nice to have you back. It's nice to see you, Marie. It feels like it's been a couple of years. Well, I saw you at Madonna. You didn't see us, yeah. but I saw you. Well, that's the other reason I wanted to come back was I had no idea that my act- actions and location were being tracked and reported on on a global scale. And I just wanted to say it feels like an extreme invasion of privacy. But when you were wearing a bright orange hat, it's kind of like you're asking for it. <laughs> Look at what you were wearing. <laughs> Oh, that's not. <laughs> when you put that on, did you really think, oh, no, they're not going to find me? <laughs> As you were standing next did to you, Madonna. Yeah, when you when you secured your hat on your head directly in front of Madonna, were you thinking, I'm going incognito mode? I, Be honest. I will tell you what I actually was thinking. I don't know if you remember the night 
because you probably got so fucked up and wasted that you probably forget most oh, of the I'm, night. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, as everyone can contest to, I was sober that <laughs> evening. <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a wild snowstorm out, and mm-hmm. I knew that I was going to a concert, and I didn't want to be wearing a large coat. And so I went coatless in a snowstorm, mm-hmm. and I had to run through the snow to get to the TTC. And I thought, well, if there's, if if I have no protection elsewhere, at least I'll have protection on my noggin. Okay, can I just ask the question that I'm sure Kevin's also dying to ask? Um, was Bass Pro Shops the only store open <laughs> with with Hunter Orange as the only color option? Marie, we <laughs> brought you back here to destroy you. You're a bitch. <laughs> Back off, bitch. (laughs) It was actually really nice that you were wearing that because I thought it was all fun and games aside and teasing aside. I thought it was really cute that it was like, oh, my God, look, there's Sean. It was like, where's Waldo? Right. (laughs) Yeah, it was like that. So you were famously at the Madonna concert twice, though. So... What did you think about all of this Madonna getting sued business? Well, I'm really glad that it came up on The View. This is the thing about... I don't think that you can sue an artist for being late. Otherwise, Lauren Hill would have a lot more problems. I wouldn't be surprised if she has been sued. Uh, yeah, but maybe by like a promoter. I don't know that a fan yeah. can sue for an artist being late. Also, look... I don't think Madonna was all that late. It's like the doors opened at 7.30 and she was on at 10. I don't think that's that bad. I think that some people don't know about going to concerts. I think some people, it's like their first time out in 30 years, especially if they're going to Madonna. And so they look at the ticket and they're like, 7.30, like we'll be at Joey's Bar and Grill at 5 and we'll be all set to go for the concert. Um, concerts don't start at the start time that's on the ticket. That's a known fact. That's a good point. And I honestly feel like COVID like erased people's memories of what going to concerts used to be like, because I don't ever remember going to a concert and it's starting at the time on the ticket. It's like the time on the ticket is set by the venue. And that's when they want you to arrive to go buy merch and buy drinks and hang out and be inside the venue ready for when the artist comes on. I honestly feel like this is all baby shit. Like, when did everyone become such babies and forget (laughs) what going to a concert is like? And everyone's like, oh, so-and-so's on time, so-and-so's on time. Like, no. Like, Beyonce didn't start at the time that is on the Ticketmaster ticket. No, she certainly didn't, because I was holding my bladder for dear life (laughs) because I was being warned that she was going to be on any minute now. 35 minutes later, she showed up. When they were talking about this on The View, yeah, it was Sunny who listed off all these people. She was like, J-Lo started on time, Beyonce was on time. Mm. We were sitting there listening to the weird ambient music that she chose to play for (laughs) Mm -hmm. it felt like hours and hours before the show started. We literally had two and a half hours of ASMR before Beyonce started. Yeah. (laughs) Like, and like, we, had, remember... we, we hadn't seen it. That was the last time we saw each other, Marie. And the time before that was probably three years prior. And we had run out of things to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting that 
like people don't like have your ears to the ground like find out what time she went on at her previous concert and arrive yeah. around that time like i talk also to people specifically with regards to the madonna concert that these dates were supposed to happen in the summer and it got postponed so if you can wait six months for yeah. a new Madonna concert, what's two more hours? Like, I don't understand people's panic at it starting at a reasonable night night life time. Like, she wasn't going on at 2 a.m. If you're going to a concert, that's like going out. Like, think of it like going to the bar. It shouldn't come as a surprise that she's coming on at 10 o'clock. And, like, I remember pre-COVID going to see Gaga and also waiting multiple hours before she went on. And so back to the view, they were using all of these examples of people who are quote unquote on time. Like when? And Joy being like, Lady Gaga's on time. I'm like, Joy, (laughs) you saw jazz and piano. Of course that started on time. (laughs) I personally love that it was later because I, I finally didn't have to rush to the concert. And like, I had a very nice martini Great mm. conversation. And then... I was actually getting worried that Kevin was going to be two hours late for the two hours <laughs> late concert because, because he was texting me and I was like, are you here yet? And he was like, nope, on my way. It's 9.59 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we ran into some trouble with our transportation because, of course, you can't take the TTC anywhere. So we had mm. to abandon halfway through and take another form of transportation in the snowstorm. Mm. Okay. On The View, when they discussed this, Anna and Sunny were, like, the only people who had a normal reaction. They were like, it's Madonna. Like, you can wait two hours. And Anna even said to Sarah... Sarah was really pissing me off in this this topic. (laughs) Because I was like, have you never been to a concert? Anna actually said to Sarah, you're like a concert virgin, stood up for the very first time. (laughs) Yeah, Sarah kept calling... Um, Madonna, a diva, derogatory. She yeah. was like, "You can't. You can be a diva, but you should not act like a diva." Well, like, how is it's- two hours? How is waiting two hours after the the ticket time when there isn't an opener? How is that diva? And when- is the diva in the room with us? When you are a Madonna, when you are a Beyonce, when mm-hmm. you're Mariah Carey. Like, it's part of your brand at this point. Like And, like, do they really want us to talk about how early you have to get to the view before the taping starts? <laughs> do they want to have that conversation? Because I'll gladly have that conversation. You know what? This is, if they want to talk about Diva. I bet you this is coming from they're pissed off that they have to be on live TV every day where there's there's they can't be late. They can't walk out mm-hmm. mid-segment and sit down and join Hot Topics. And they're taking it out on Madonna. This is about them. But that's the thing, Marie. When we went to The View, it was like we had to arrive four hours before 10. It was like yeah. transportation wasn't even running from Brooklyn at the time. We were Mm-mm. we were on like horse and buggy trying to get there. And then you just you sit in that room and you just sit and stew. <laughs> and, and you just trust that at a certain time, security will tell you, okay, it's time to walk through the cafeteria and go onto the set. <laughs> And if you got to use the bathroom, do it now or shit yourself. Follow the follow the bodiless disembodied Abby. 
head. <laughs> yeah, and they even, on The View, they made a comment, like, Sunny jokingly was like, you can wear a diaper to Madonna, and Alyssa was like, there's bathrooms at Madonna. Yeah, you know where there's multiple bathrooms at Madonna. You know where there isn't multiple bathrooms for the amount of people waiting? I don't think I need to say it. So, if they really want to have that conversation, I'll have it. <laughs> and also, Alyssa's evidence here is like, my friend had a babysitter, and so my <laughs> friend had to leave 20 minutes into the show because her babysitter had to go home. And it's like, get a babysitter for the night? Yeah. <laughs> don't, like get a, you- don't get a 13-year-old babysitter that has to go back to school the next day? Like, literally insane to be like, my friend had to leave due to childcare. I'm sorry. Like, can't you get on like Fiverr and be like, <laughs> hey, I need someone to go swap out my babysitter because I'm at a once in a lifetime concert or, and I'm not leaving early. Or if you're going to a Madonna concert, don't have a child. <laughs> like, grow up, get a life, get a grip. Or bring your kid to the Madonna concert. Yeah. Give it an education. Like, that just seems like a her problem. Yeah. There was a moment also where Joy said, I personally wouldn't wait two hours to get a hot oil massage from George Clooney. I would. I would. Like, If you're in line for the hot oil (laughs) massage from George Clooney, stay in line. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I would get in line for that. That... That's another once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Do you know what really shook me up from this segment that I was not expecting to see? was a picture of Ricky Martin kissing. Ricky Martin kissing. I wish I could say I was shocked, but... He was kissing her like she was his (laughs) nephew. She also looked... (laughs) She looked amazing in that picture. And, okay, I have to say, because, like, Obviously, I have not been watching The View, so I've had some big surprises coming back. Anna looks snatched. She looks Mm -hmm. so good. I haven't seen her in so long. Well, you haven't been reading the U.S. Sun, then. (laughs) (laughs) It's no wonder Ricky Martin couldn't keep his lips off her. Let's just say the slim leg movement has a whole new spokeswoman. (laughs) (laughs) So... Have you guys, I'm sure you have noticed that, you know, the Kelly Osbourne, oh, that's not um, video. It like, it's resurfaced a few times in the culture, but the way that it has most recently resurfaced is in a new TikTok trend where people say similar things that you would Mm -hmm. say, oh, that's not too, like. Like, if you kick every bisexual girl with a boyfriend out of this country, then who's going to buy your tickets, Phoebe Bridgers? Yes. So, <laughs> well, that's not. <laughs> so it's back in a big way. I feel like it'll never go away. And it's just kind of like the meme that keeps on going. I saw that Kelly Osbourne has recently broken her silence on the If You Kick Every Latino Out video. And she did an interview with Rolling Stone. Did you see this? Mm-hmm. I didn't. <laughs> I'm breaking my silence to say I didn't. (laughs) It's a very dramatic retelling. The camera focused on Osborne's face as she quickly realized, thanks to her co-host's immediate gasps and Perez's, oh, that's not, that she had royally fucked up on live TV. In the sense that 
You know what I mean, she continued, trying to course correct. I didn't mean it like that. Come on. But by then, it was too late. She had meant to highlight the importance of immigrants in the U.S., but instead had grouped them into a monolith of service workers. But she, this isn't the first time that she's actually speaking out about this. Like, immediately after it happened, she actually said, I will not apologize for being racist, as I am not, and kind of said that it was just a poor choice of words. But it's been a long time. And now Mm -hmm. in this interview, she's talking about it again. So they ask her, what is it like having this clip from The View come back on people's timelines and seeing it every day? She says, oh my God, I died. It hurt a lot of people. And that to me is by is by far makes it the worst thing I've ever done. I realize that I am not great on live TV and that words are so powerful and to be labeled as something you're not is really difficult, but it happened. There's nothing I can do. It's not really that much of a difference from her original statement that was like, I'm not racist. It was a poor choice of words. Mm -hmm. She's still not acknowledging that like, though she may not identify as a racist, she said something racist. It says She did say that it's the worst thing that she's ever done, but it seems like it's due to the reaction of people, like due to the way that people reacted, it became the worst thing that she'd ever done, you know? They also asked her, if you could go back and say what you meant to say, what would that be? And she said, I feel very strongly that Latin American culture is the backbone of America. I believe in Latin Americans are the hardest working people you will ever meet, and their connection to family and their culture is closer to mine than the American way. I've never tried to be American. I never wanted to be part of a country where there's so much hate and there's so much misinformation and kick them when they're down mentally. And then about the clip coming back, she said, it goes to show that people never forget. And even though I'm the butt of the joke, I'm still laughing. And some of them are very smart. But I'd be lying if I said I didn't hate myself a little bit each time I see it. Not to bring it back to Madonna, (laughs) but I think we can all agree that the worst thing Kelly Osbourne ever did was perform Papa Don't Preach on the MTV Movie Awards. (laughs) I was going to say that I think the worst thing that Kelly Osbourne ever did was when she peed her pants and blamed it on Starbucks and used the hashtag, hashtag pissed my own pants. Oh my God. I almost forgot. And then we went to New York and visited that very same Starbucks. Oh yeah. And when, when it happened to her, it was during pride. So it felt like it was like also like a homophobic attack. (laughs) I also just am seeing in this article she also referred to herself in at that time as a self-righteous little cunt. And said, I hate it. I hate it so much because I look at it and I'm like, you think you know everything and you know nothing. Nobody wants to hear your opinion on this. And then I will say she does go on to talk a lot about white privilege and talk. She kind of, she does own it more as I go on and read this. So I saw someone tweeting about how it's like the 20th anniversary of that happening and that they wished that she would just don the purple hair and go back to the view and just like own it. The she, 20th anniversary? That's what they said. I I don't I just report what I see. I just report what I see. Yeah, it hasn't cuz that was would have been maybe 2014 it's the tenth. Yeah, maybe or 10th. 10th anniversary. It must be. But yeah, that would be amazing if The View booked her and did this interview that she's doing with Rolling Stone, but it took place on The View. 
Yeah. It would be amazing if The View booked her and they all did a dramatic reenactment of the moment. (laughs) Like they did The View Theater. Yeah. Yes, yes. It would be amazing if they booked her and then coincidentally Rosie Perez was the guest promoting something (laughs) that day. (laughs) Did... Did we ever do this as the View Theater? We talked about this on like literally like the second episode or something like that that is no longer available to the public. But <laughs> we did. But we didn't do it as the View Theater. No, we did. We did. Yeah, we did. But honestly, Marie, you might not have even been on that episode. I didn't. It was do so it. early days, and yeah. we did it as the View Theater, and when we talked about it because. There were all of these rumors at the time when this took place that it was part of the reason why Rosie Perez left The View because she was like, she apologized to Kelly Rowland or so. Oh my God. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) She was like, I would just like to apologize to Kelly Rowland, Queen. She said, (laughs) for everything, for just this happening on TV. She said, when love takes over, (laughs) I'd like to apologize on behalf of America for not (laughs) sending when love takes over straight to number one. (laughs) Anyways, there's, there were rumors that she had to apologize to Kelly Osbourne, like producers forced her to, and that she wasn't happy about that. And Mm -hmm. that there were, that's like, there was tension about that. And there were like daily mail articles saying that that was like part of why she left who knows the truth but we talked all about that long ago and yeah we did do it as a view theater but you know it's time to maybe bring it back but not but performed by the women of the view today yeah Yeah. it would be so crazy though to have like this interview that you did in 2014 that like didn't go well and then like literally 10 years later it's the most popular meme on an app that didn't even exist at that time yeah not that i feel bad for her there's clearly clearly her and her mother both like have had some issues with working on television and the things that they say about race but yeah that must be so weird yeah it's like the moment that you're like oh people will surely forget about this soon. <laughs> like, this was pre, pre-social pre media, the way we use it now. It'll definitely just go away. And it's like, no, now people are recreating it in the millions. And, like, on a daily basis, I hear people say, oh, that's not constantly. Yeah. In the sense that... <laughs> <laughs> she apologized to Kelly Rowland. Oh, that's not... <laughs> In the sense that love takes over. She was typing on an Excel spreadsheet. In the sense that... (laughs) Anyways, another thing I uh, wanted to touch on this episode was this appearance that Jamie Lee Curtis made on The View, where they, Mm -hmm. they, they asked her, the theme of the interview was Jamie Lee Curtis on inspiring the viral hype woman trend. Have... You guys ever heard of the viral hype woman trend that was inspired by Jamie Lee Curtis? <laughs> like I knew what I I kind of knew what you were re- what they were referring to, but I didn't think of it as like a trend that people were actually like in, like doing in their own lives, you know? Like I knew that it was something to do with her reaction to like 
Uh, I think it was when Michelle Yeoh won. And so I, I, it was inferred. But I didn't know that this was like a trend that people were applying to their actual lives. And is it really? Or is that just something that she wants to, us to believe? It seems like maybe there were a couple like girl boss articles written or something <laughs> about it. But I am not familiar with the viral hype woman trend. Yeah, I think that Jamie Lee Curtis has maybe a different understanding of what viral means than maybe the rest of the world. Viral and is those chic wind chimes last yeah. year. Like that was her viral <laughs> moment of the year. That's viral, yeah. But I think she was just like, oh, this was something that like, maybe the post got a lot of likes online. She was like, oh, that's viral. So then, and then mm. if it's viral, it has to be a trend. Right. Do you do you guys want to hear something so so like disturbing? I was watching this portion of like I was watching the Jamie Lee Curtis interview on YouTube and up on the side of suggested videos it was Jamie Lee Curtis's interview on Kelly Kelly Clarkson's show. Kelly Osborne. On Kelly the Kelly <laughs> Rowland show. So I clicked on it. So I just ha- had a sense Call it a sixth sense or IBS or whatever you want to say. I just felt something and I clicked on it. They did the exact same interview on the Kelly Clarkson show where she talked about this viral hype girl trend and she retold the story almost word for word to Kelly Clarkson as if it was like, this is such a crazy thing that accidentally happened to me. It's like, no, you're fabricating this moment right now because you're going on every daytime talk show and like trying to relive the moment by telling everyone about it. I feel yeah. like she also, it could have been a different part of the interview, but I also felt like when she introduced that, she was like, I never talk about this. Yes. <laughs> she was like, I, I, I don't want to talk that. about this, but I just thought it, for this, for the view audience, it's important to know. And she was like, you can't write this stuff. Well, it kind of sounds like you're reading off a script. <laughs> it's It's got to be like, it. I'm just thinking about like, remember when she, someone made the compilation of all the interviews she had done where she was talking about Halloween and she was like, it's about yes. trauma. Yeah. And it's like, I think it's like, it must be just like kind of like the old school way of like going on TV and doing your interview. You You mm-hmm. used to be able to get away with like, literally repeating the same talking points you're like this is what i'm talking about on my press tour and now because of the internet it's like no we can see that you are just repeating the same lines on kelly on the view and so on and so on and that 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 clip package was more viral than the viral hype woman trend absolutely Absolutely. and also not to bring this back to madonna but you want to talk about people being late <laughs> she did say that she was. She late, waited. She right? was like, "I'm so sorry, I was late today." Mm. So what? You're and they, holding up the live show. Oh, they don't I, mind when Jamie Lee Curtis does it. Am I crazy? Or did Whoopi not say to her, "Oh, never mind all of that." Like something like about it not. <laughs> yeah, being she important. got the diva pass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they also talked to her about the Oscar nominations. <laughs> well, they talked to her about last year's Oscar nominations. Oh, they they did, but. <laughs> the Oscar nominations came out today, I should yes, say. Yes, they did. So, do you have any reactions? <laughs> uh, I would just, I've kind of seen a little bit, but I didn't want to spoil it for myself. Can you just tell me if and who from The Color Purple was nominated? So, from my glance at People Magazine's 
report on the Oscar nominations, mm-hmm. it looks like only one actor was nominated for The Color Purple. Who do you think it is? I feel like because the Oscar nominations are always fucked, so it's probably not Fantasia. No, it's not Fantasia, even is though... Is it Danielle Brooks? It was Danielle Brooks. Even though Fantasia Barino mm-hmm. gave the performance of all of our lifetimes. It was not Fantasia Barino. And I liked Danielle Brooks in that, but that's not the one actor that I would give it to if I could give it to anyone from that movie. Was the song not nominated? I'm only looking at the actors. Where's song? Because I feel mm, like I no. heard I feel like I heard that the Ken song was nominated. It was, and The Color Purple was not. Hmm. But Barbie, both songs from Barbie were nominated. I really don't think the Ken song needed to be nominated at all. Like, no one even likes that song. It's just, I'm just going to put this out there and everyone can do with it what they will. Very interesting to me that in the Barbie movie, the people who are receiving Oscar nominations are the Ken song and Ryan Gosling. And yet, America Ferrer also received a nomination. And yet, the director and Margot Robbie did not receive nominations. So it's just an interesting, it's interesting to to nominate uh, the Ken song and the man and not Margot and not Greta. I'm just, well, it's my two cents. I enjoyed the Barbie movie, but probably its biggest flaw is that it was the Ken movie. So yeah, it's the not biggest surprising. flaw was the Ken song. <laughs> Absolutely. You know how we when we were at the color purple, that woman walked out <laughs> yeah. during <laughs> Well, I would I wanted to walk out during I'm 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 just Ken or whatever whatever it's called. That woman probably came for the Ken song and she was like, Oh, there's no Ken song in the movie. <laughs> there's no Ken song in the color purple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's, like, interesting that, like, two songs from one movie get nominated because Mm -hmm. either you're going to just, like, split the vote on people who want to vote for the impact of that movie or or we're just going to retroactively go back and nominate both Shallow and Always Remember Us This Way from a certain point. Because then why didn't that happen? Period. Um, Coleman Domingo from The Color Purple was nominated, but he was nominated for Rustin, not The Color Purple. Right. And um, I, and Annette Benning and Jodie Foster were both nominated for Nyad, so Anna Navarro will be quite happy. I did see that. Th- I think this is the first year that two LGBTQ plus actors who are portraying LGBTQ plus characters were nominated. That actually just reminded me of something that happened in the Jamie Lee Curtis interview where they were talking about her Oscar and she she said, right, my genderless Oscar, because Sunny was asking her where she keeps her Oscar and she said, it lives in my house. I've degendered it. And she gave it like this little they, them name tag as yeah. well. And a googly eye. Yes. And then Sunny, in response to that, said, well, the Oscar is they, them. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Like I o- thought it was interesting that Jamie Lee Curtis went out of her way to give the Oscar they, them pronouns, but only referred to the Oscar as it. 
I know. That's what I'm saying. And she <laughs> said like, it has no genitalia. It was kind of like two steps forward, four steps back. Mm-hmm. It's funny because like Sunny's willingness to just be like, well, yes, the Oscar is they them. <laughs> it's it's interesting because like, okay, so what now? Should we have a conversation about genderless categories at the Oscars on The View and like really stir some shit up now? Because <laughs> like, that's what I want to talk about with Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. With every day that passes, Jamie Lee Curtis is morphing more and more into... The character of Lorraine from Mad TV. You know the Mo <laughs> Collins character. Oh. <laughs> oh. Huh? Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. When I was watching her spin out, retelling the same story on both shows, I was like, what? This, I, this reminds me of something. She's become someone, and you're so right. It's Lorraine. I also wanted to say that Alyssa was wearing some really beautiful purple pajamas for the interview. (laughs) Did you guys notice that at the end of the Jamie Lee Curtis interview, because they did segue into talking about her children's book called One More Sleep, and then they were talking about how you quantify time for kids by like saying in sleeps. And then at the it's the very end of the interview and Whoopi goes that's how people talk to me too. They say four more sleeps till you can come back. Like she was referring to when she got suspended, right? No. Well, maybe really? she's referring to her weekly four-day weekends. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, I thought she was referring to when she got suspended. <laughs> and then her and Jamie Lee Curtis like they like gave each other like a fist bump kind of thing. And I just thought that that was ironic because of the reason why Whoopi got suspended and the reason why Jamie Lee Curtis was in the news facing controversy herself at the end of last year and they the two are not at peace with each other I'll just say that interesting that's a that's what I do here I I come up with theories and fake beef you do you do you do do that (laughs) one last thing I wanted to say about the Oscars is that Alyssa said that she was mad that Saltburn was snubbed. And then Sunny said, that says something about you. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I agree with Sunny. In the sense that, what? That she likes (laughs) a tall glass of bath water? (laughs) I think that could be what she meant. Mm -hmm. Okay. We did receive a couple of voice memos that I will now take my phone and hold up to the microphone so that you (laughs) may listen. Hello, Deja the View. This is your friend Caleb calling. Very excited that you guys are back and recording new episodes. Uh, It is my favorite podcast for sure. Uh, And like you guys, honestly, I haven't been really keeping up with the current season of The View. uh, But in lieu of watching that, I have been watching something. And that is the Rosie O'Donnell episodes that she's been uploading on her YouTube channel. I honestly come home from work every day and watch it like it's the evening news. It's like a thrill for me. I love it so much. I'm just wondering if you guys are watching it too. Have any comments on that? 
it it really is a great reminder about why Rosie is so good at what she does. Man, like that talk show is perfect. Uh, the desks, the audience participation, uh, the gifts that she gives away. Man, appointment television, even though it is 20 years old. Uh, wondering if you have any comments on that. Oh, and by coming back, uh, you guys have inspired me to also revive the View Archive YouTube channel, which I have been uh, kind of neglecting for the past few months. Uh, honestly, just wanted to promo that, too, because I'm sure that we have a lot of crossover fans who watch those on YouTube. Uh, so, yeah, I've been uploading on that. A little bit of a shameless plug, but I can't really fault him because he probably learned it from the very best, which was Barbara Walters. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys paying any attention to what's going on to with Rosie's YouTube channel? Because it started out with her uploading little memorable interviews, clips, shorter things, and now it's evolved into full episodes going on YouTube, like, all the time. Mm-hmm. Every day it's a new episode, and they're posted in chronological order. I know this because I have been subscribed to Rosie's YouTube channel for a really long time. And I only just, like, within the last few months realized that there were daily postings going up. I haven't watched the full episodes, like, on a regular basis. But one thing that I, that it made me remember was, like, I had completely forgotten that every show opens with a random person from the audience being like, hey, I'm Marie from Toronto. On today's Rosie O'Donnell show, the guests are Tom Cruise Jane Krakowski and the cast of Wicked. Yes, oh, that's a great like, episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a that would just, that That's a massive be, episode. That would literally be ev- any, any. That's a sweeps thing. episode. That would be. It, the, here's the other thing. If you just go through and you look at who the guests were, every single episode is like, this would be absolute appointment television like yeah. yes the guests were outstanding every day there was an a-lister on i was watching yeah. when i first started to notice that she was uploading full episodes i was watching them every day and that was like for the first couple weeks and then something happened like i was away or something and so i missed a few days and i was like well now i have to catch up like i certainly can't <laughs> jump back in uh and then and then it like became an insurmountable task to like yeah re- like to catch up so but i have been going and like every now and then i'll throw it on but usually i don't watch the whole episode the thing that i love about it is that she when she was just uploading the interview clips it was like no that's not the best part of your show rosie the best part of your show was the monologue at the beginning where you just talk about squirrels or your favorite snacks or the chub Mm -hmm. club or whatever it might be or what was on tv last night and And then the games or like the like audience participation aspects and that wasn't getting uploaded. So usually like now I'll just watch up until the first guest uh, or if there's like recently there was one with Kelly Ripa and I was like really curious about that because and I think actually there was somebody else that is involved in Rosie lore uh, in the same episode. But anyways, like Clay, obviously they had a big bust up where. Rosie called uh, Kelly Ripa homophobic because of the Clay Aiken mouth yes. thing. You talk um, on your show, I talk on mine. Yeah. And so I was like, <laughs> I, I got to see what their relationship was like. And they were so, they had such electric chemistry. Um, so that's one where I like recently watched the guest. When you were talking about how a different audience member would open the show every time, I wanted to say that that is, I love that too. And that's something that when the Rosie 
O'Donnell show got brought back on the own network the first season Rosie was doing she brought that back and was doing that and I loved it so much because she would like it, it was just like the old days and then she would do like a little monologue and like talk to people in the audience and stuff and then one day one of the people that was introducing the show in the audience was so good at it that Rosie gave them a full-time job <laughs> That's just like the dream. See, that's the kind of that is the dream. Like when I was a little kid, that is literally what my dream would have been. And so it's so sad that the Rosie O'Donnell show ended before that could ever become a reality. But back to the YouTube, I like whoever is doing the YouTube account is very on top of things. And I have this vague memory of on her podcast onward of her making a mention because someone had um, called in talking about her youtube channel i swear she made a quick mention that it was either like her brother or one of her kids who was running the youtube account and that's why it's like always so up to date like if a celebrity passes away within hours there will will be a compilation posted on the rosie o'donnell youtube channel of all of their interviews on her show yeah like it's it's immediate and they also have a playlist of like all of the onward guests and every time that they were on the Rosie O'Donnell oh. show. Did you see who the, I, I'm two episodes behind of onward, but did you see who the most recent guest is on onward? It's someone that apparently in one of her game segments where she would like have people sing like Broadway songs or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's someone who she was like a, a, someone who got pulled up from the audience and sang. And then they, <laughs> they ended up, I guess being friends and then they went on to be like on Broadway and stuff. That oh is God. who the most recent guest Marie, is. Marie, that is your dream. And that's what's <laughs> so crazy about this is like I had the same not the same dream, but like I I felt like because I watched the Rosie O'Donnell show every day growing up, and in some ways Rosie raised me, that like she created this world where like anything was possible. Like you could go, you could be an, one day you're an audience member on the Rosie O'Donnell show and the next day you own her desk. Like anything was possible. <laughs> and I, but, but it really was. And so it just felt like I was just one, yeah. one 18 hour trip away from, to New York <laughs> from my, from like achieving my dream with yeah. Rosie O'Donnell um and yeah that's so crazy and the other crazy thing is like watching these episodes it doesn't matter which episode i throw on i remember it and i think it's like because of the changing desks when they're in this changing desk era but it's like the jello desk the butter desk the lego desk the star wars desk like i remember every desk and then what she would say about the desk like or the oreo desk but it's like Mm -hmm. the butter desk like when she's like and the great thing is, if you're hungry, you can just eat it. And then she takes this and she like butters a bagel with the desk. And I'm like, I, I literally <laughs> watched this. It feels like yesterday. Yeah. My only thing is I kind of wish like she's uploading a lot of stuff to YouTube shorts as well. But no one watches YouTube shorts. I wish that those were going on her TikTok because she's mm. yeah so active on TikTok. But clearly like Rosie's running the TikTok and someone else is running the YouTube for Rosie. I must be a dumbass, too, because literally it never crossed my mind that it wasn't Rosie uploading the episodes. 
Like, I thought could be. I thought like her alarm went off in the morning. She was like, "Gotta get out of bed." The only thing getting me out of bed today is uploading <laughs> episode one hundred and seventy-eight from nineteen ninety-nine. And not only is she uploading, but she's also doing the like she's like digitizing <laughs> like the old film. <laughs> She has like a VCR transfer plugged into her Mac. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say I do have, a because I was perusing, I thought this question might come up today. And so I was perusing the YouTube. And I do have a concern that I don't know if we can reach out to Rosie about. But I feel that the chronology of the episodes may be off. And usually it's really on. But you know, so... Anya Lasagna is the woman that took the desk from Rosie. Mm-hmm. And imagine my surprise when I see like <laughs> butter desk, jello desk, whatever, like paper desk, all these different desks. And then in the middle, I see one with her regular desk. And I'm like, okay, well, what's that all about? So I click it. Anya Lasagna is back. And she's, they did a whole bit in which she's like in a gown. Um, but the whole gag was she gave Rosie the desk back. And it was a big song and dance musical number. And when Rosie was like, okay, in exchange, I'm going to give you this chair. So the desk is back. But then the next episode, the desk is gone again. And so something it's not addressed. Somebody, somebody cocked up. More plot holes than salt burn. Yeah. So anyways, I'll, I'll report back next time I'm on in two years. <laughs> I also like wanted to say that I was on Rosie's TikTok today. And I looked, I saw that around Christmas, she posted... this tiktok that's like photos that she took of her tv of the color purple and (laughs) it's like a slideshow of just a bunch of photos she took of clearly she had a screener for the color purple and it was Mm -hmm. set to oh fortuna like the song that's like la 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 (laughs) it it just says christmas day <laughs> that's so crazy because that's also how you spent your Christmas day. Yeah, I know. Yeah, with Rosie O'Donnell's screener of the color purple. Yeah, at Rosie's house. <laughs> You're living the dream. Some people get invited to some people get invited to Joy Behar's Christmas party. You got invited to Rosie's the color purple screening on Christmas. That's right. Another voice memo is this. Hi Deja the View. I desperately want to know what did you think about Vice President Kamala Harris uttering the words split screen on the view? Just to get it out quickly, that was the the one note that I wrote down from the Kamala interview was her quote saying there's a split screen you can throw up and see. Saying split screen on the view is like saying Macbeth in a theater. It brings the ghosts out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I just realized we never talked about how Jamie Lee Curtis walked out again to the ANTM elimination music. Yeah. I thought it went without saying. (laughs) (laughs) Is it just like in their rotation now? No, it's only when Jamie Lee is there. Did you bring this That's up because of, be, because you made a note of the music that Kamala walked out to? 
because I wrote down how great would it have been if Kamala had also walked out to the ANTM mm. elimination music. Because she walked out to something very familiar to me, but it was like an instrumental version of something, and I couldn't place it, and neither could Shazam. But I definitely had that thought as well. Anyways, Kamala... What connection does Jamie Lee Curtis have to America's Next Top Model? Like, what are we missing? It's getting weird. <laughs> It is weird. Anyways, Kamala is out, I guess, sort of campaigning, I guess you could say. Sort of. She wouldn't shut up about how she's on tour. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift is on her heiress tour. She was like, I felt like... (laughs) I felt like she was vying so hard for the Gen Z vote as if they're watching The View. Because she was just like, I mean, without saying it, she was like, Taylor Swift is on her Eras tour and I'm on my college tour. Yeah. And she's, and she, then she literally was like, and I just have to say, I love Gen Z. What a spectacular <laughs> generation. Sean, you have what? no idea. That's what she's been saying everywhere she goes. She says the exact same line. This is her version of Jamie Lee Curtis and the, being the hype woman. This is her. There could be a hundred people in a room. This is, this is what Kamala has been saying. She's been saying, I love Gen Z. It's humbling to know that someone who is 18 years old today was born in 2005. <laughs> and there's a compilation of it. Um, on TikTok. I didn't know this. It, For some of us to realize that anyone who was 18 now was born in 2005. I love Gen Z. <laughs> I love Gen Z. So think about this. Okay, first of all, it's going to be humbling for, for many of us when you remember or realize that someone who was 18 now was born in 2005. I have to tell you, I'd love Gen Z. <laughs> Yes, I know, but I love Gen Z, and and it will be a humbling fact to many of us when we realize that anyone who is 18 today, they were born in 2005. Anyway, so she literally oh said God. that on The View. Yeah. It re- it reminded me, like, what was that? It's her, sh- um, it's her, how would your hair fare in a blizzard? <laughs> That's literally what I was trying to think of. What's the Amy Klobuchar one? Wow, I had no idea, but that hey, it works. That's what stuck out to me. But she guys... didn't I don't think she did the maths on the view, did she? I think she brushed over that part. Like I don't think she said the 18 years would have been born in 2005. No, she didn't say that part, but she's she's she said it so many times. Now she's just shortening it to but she probably got a good. She probably got a good whack. She probably got a good whack on the side of her head from her from her uh, press secretary once she got off the stage, and they were like, "You forgot to say the 18. <laughs> Do you guys um, see corporate Aaron on TikTok? Yeah, it's yeah. like that girl who. I finally wa- like watching this this interview. I finally realized that that's who she's been reminding me of this whole time. Yeah. Like, I can just picture her being like, and we're we're really excited about onboarding all of Gen Z. Um, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, um, but we actually have um, people born in 2005 uh, coming into voting age this year. And it's quite humbling to know. And <laughs> when I was on a college tour. In this year of our Lord, 2024. 
<laughs> that like that line made me it gave me the cringe <laughs> because <laughs> it was like the ick and the cringe all at once because I felt like that was a line that they had told her to say because they were like this is gonna be a good sound bite are you saying who are you saying told her to say the, the cyclops oh okay no the the, gover- the, cyclops the pentagon the, the pentagon <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like they said if you say in the year of our lord 2024 it's gonna it's gonna be like a good little sound bite mm. yeah for somebody who says i don't want to give sound bites she's giving the sound oh bites. my goodness yes i think her speechwriter is lady gaga herself <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of the interview overall was kind of giving like you know liz cheney vibes in the sense that it was kind of just like more of the same of like what we've been hearing day in and day out on the view it's not that her message isn't important it's just that we hear it from the women of the view every day so it's kind of like you know we it's here we go again like another it's it's a big deal that the vice president is there obviously but you know that she's talking she's talking to a panel of people who are pretty much all on her team and so it's not really you know, making waves, but I'm sure well, Barbara would be very proud that they booked the vice president. They were, I felt like even when they tried to ask questions that were outside of the things, the three things that she very obviously wanted to talk about and felt comfortable talking about, she would redirect it back to those things. Yeah. And the thing is, they wouldn't, they wouldn't push back. Like, no, Sunny did ask about, like, what do you say about how so many of the Gen Z who you love, um, they're not, they're not on board with the way that the Biden administration is handling Gaza. And like, she just re- would redirect that question back to the things that she did want to talk about. And then no one was like checking her on it. And so that was kind of, it did become very repetitive. Yeah, she wasn't there to actually answer anything. And there was like when Joy, Joy, who was the worst person to give this question to, to be like, so Joe Biden is a decrepit old man. What do you think about that? And she's like, what do I think about that? I think reproductive rights. I think meal vouchers. And I was like, what? Yeah. After this interview was over, I think the next day, they did a hot topic about their own interview with yeah, Kamala. Yeah, that was meta. And how yeah. conservative media was reporting on it and saying they picked up on this part where Kamala said we're scared as heck about the possibility of Trump winning and they mm-hmm. they were upset because they said she was fear-mongering if you don't know if you don't know like why you should be scared we're so doomed but i guess that's Yeah and news. but that's kind of what they said too like they were kind of like in response to that like well aren't you like worried <laughs> like <laughs> shouldn't we all be worried like if you're not worried then i don't think there's any like discussion to have but i don't know it almost felt like the the mary liz cheney interview actually seemed to cover more ground than the (laughs) kamala one did which is really says a lot because you only heard five minutes of it because i only had heard five minutes and i turned it off when it wasn't mary i mean i don't know i think like you said the points that they discussed are important but it was kind of repetitive and it i don't think that anyone there was like going to stand up and be like hey give us a straight answer 
because they were all just probably overjoyed that she actually made it and none of them had tested positive for COVID. I was literally just going to say, do you know what would have made this hour with Kamala Harris better? If three co-hosts got pulled, (laughs) Kamala got pulled, and they just let Joy and Sarah riff with the audience. Yes, I actually think we would have got more answers about about policy and politics if they had done that. (laughs) Or even if they had asked her about that moment again. Like, I know that she uh, talked about it already with them, but like throwback to it because it's a really memorable thing that happened on the view and all a clip yeah it makes it like <laughs> talk about split screen yes <laughs> like let's lighten things up a bit like when the view has like lost their ability to make entertaining political interviews and it doesn't always have to be argumentative either like when obama was on the view they had sherry shepherd asking him if he knew what 50 shades of gray was mm. like ask something entertaining like, to Kamala if Harris. She's, if she's doing this Gen Z soundbite everywhere she goes, let's play a game. How well do you know Gen Z? How well yeah. do you know yeah. these trends on TikTok like, or something? It's okay when you are devoting like 40 minutes of the show to Kamala Harris to do one fun question or yeah. a game. Also, they're like, obviously their entire mission statement is to get Biden reelected. And so maybe make your candidates a little bit, I don't know, personable. Yeah. By having a little fun. Well, it's you it's quite fun to learn that if someone who is eighteen years old <laughs> was born in two thousand five. Speaking of Gen Z, they did a topic a little while ago about how Gen Z are afraid of turning 30 saying that they're worried about losing stamina sex appeal and value as they age and that they have nothing to look forward to other than wrinkles health issues and death after Mm -hmm. 30 can confirm yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's nothing to argue the question that i think will be posed to the group was who's to blame for age phobia like not being not ageism but being phobic of aging it's it was so weird to me just because like isn't that like the way that they were like dragging gen z's for apparently feeling this way was weird to me because weren't we all scared of turning 30 like isn't that like the human experience that like we Mm -hmm. all are scared of aging yeah yeah but Whoopi loves to look in the rearview mirror and like scoff at everyone behind her do you know what i mean and so does joy but like particularly whoopi where it's like these young people are damn fool but i'm sure that she went through this as well it was just like weird to hear sarah talk about it and like kind of be echoing the same things like i feel like wouldn't the wouldn't a younger person kind of remember that we also were afraid of aging well Alyssa, millennial queen diva, did at least stick up for the Gen Zs because she brought up that, like, the amount of people in this age group that still have to live at home with their parents because they feel Mm -hmm. left out by the economy is massive. And Joy interrupted her with, oh, please, get a job. And then either Sunny or Alyssa had to respond and be like, they do have a job. They have like three jobs and they can't afford to live. That's why they're so miserable. And Joy said, boo-hoo. Yeah. 
But also, Sarah, Sarah talked about getting a, a few little injections here and there. <laughs> and Joy was like, oh, oh. Oh. Whoopi was shocked. Like, I think Whoopi misunderstood that she was talking about, like, Botox and thought that she was, like, putting something up the wazoo. (laughs) (laughs) Whoopi was like, oh, oh, I thought you were 18. I thought you were born in 2005. I thought that's why you look so beautiful and young. (laughs) As I was reviewing this topic, I was thinking about the Renee rap controversy that happened when she was on Watch What Happens Live and she said that she's ageist. And then mm-hmm. when Andy was like, you're joking. And she was like, no, I'm ageist. <laughs> I was thinking about that because like the timing of this, of the view being like clearly ageist towards Gen Z, I mm-hmm. I would have died. It was a missed opportunity to not also have them do this Renee rap conversation where they could have then complained about ageism so that we could throw back to them being ageist a few days earlier. (laughs) And also for all of this to happen at the same week that Kamala was there talking about loving Gen Z. Yeah. It it was a missed opportunity to not get a split screen with Renee Rapp to like chime in on the conversation. (laughs) Can you imagine a Renee Rapp interview on The View though? Like the things that she and Joy would get into. Oh my god. Someone like Renee Rapp actually like should be a co-host on The View because it's like it reminds me of Raven Simone, like just saying any and everything that comes to your head. Mm-hmm. I would love that. I would love to see. I don't know if you guys have noticed this or if I'm just like picking up on something that isn't there. I feel like lately during the celebrity interviews, Sarah's been like almost nervous. And the way that she's asking the questions and even just the way that she's, like, interrupting and interacting with the other hosts, it, it, there's a very nervous energy to it. So for, if there was a Renee Rapp interview, I would just, like, love to see her nervous energy with Renee Rapp saying whatever enters her brain at that moment and just let that split screen play out. I'm scared that Renee Rapp would be mean to Sarah. Because Sarah would start talking about how much she loves Mean Girls and would start quoting Mm. Mean Girls. And I don't trust Mm -hmm. Renee Rapp to politely laugh along. That's the thing. Like, I think that what I'm talking about lately with Sarah has been with people who she actually really, really admires and is like a fan of. And so it's coming across like nervous energy. So you're right. It would be even more so like that because of the Mean Girls connection. Who do we talk to at the view to get this? <laughs> I have two two things I'd like to discuss. The time that the um, audience has to arrive, and um, number two, booking Renee Rapp. <laughs> and and more more Abby heads in the waiting area. <laughs> Actually, only Abby heads. Just cutouts, full body cutouts of Abby. <laughs> Actually, Abby Huntsman posted a throwback the other day to the John 2012 girls. She posted a photo carousel, and uh, it's reflecting on that time in her life. Love it. So she's still thriving. She's the best. She's the best who ever did it. (laughs) Was trying to think of a Mormon segue into this, but another topic... (laughs) 
that I wanted to bring up with you guys is this non-monogamy topic that they did. There was this Mm -hmm. topic that they did because the New York Magazine did this guide to polyamory or being in an open relationship that was supposed to be for the polycurious among you, among people. And it was answering questions like, what are the day-to-day operations? How do you tell your kids about it? Where do you find people to date? What if your partner gets way more matches than you? What if their new partner is way hotter than you? And so they created a guide to being polyamorous. Mm-hmm. And instead of like them going through the guide points, they decided to discuss whether or not polyamory is icky. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopi could not even get through it with a straight face, like setting up the topic. And then she said, Would y'all be open to this? And then the whole audience went, No. (laughs) And Whoopi had to be like, Not y'all, them. (laughs) She wasn't asking the audience. But then she took it even further and was like, This is not a polyamorous audience. When you come out, you can tell whether it's a polyamorous people or not. I don't know, because I've been in that audience multiple times, and I'll say, <laughs> I saw some polys. I saw, was giving poly. I saw five to seven polys per visit, <laughs> and I'm not counting myself. <laughs> Whoopi was actually the only one to have a non-judgmental approach to it, I thought. Which was confusing considering she couldn't keep a straight face during... I know, but I almost think that she was like laughing knowing that the other co-hosts felt so strongly Mm. against it and like knowing exactly how this was going to go with certain people. Mm. I think it's like she will be probably, whether it's herself or friends of hers, is is more accustomed to this way in the Mm -hmm. same way that like a lot of gay people are... And I feel like I would laugh about this. Like, it, it, it can be funny, and I might have a chuckle about this, but mm-hmm. it's not coming from a, like, look at the circus freak. It's coming from Yeah, a- I think it was, like, laughing, knowing exactly what Sonny Hostin's reaction is going to be. Yes. Yeah. They all, they, unsurprisingly, it was, like, a very old-school discussion. Joy made a classic joke, how many orgasms can one girl fake? <laughs> and it got, the crowd went wild. <laughs> hooting and hollering they were on their seats they were taking their shirts off and like (laughs) swinging them in the air what was most surprising to me is that millennial queen diva Alyssa farah (laughs) said that she really doesn't understand how people could be polyamorous she said why not just be single because and i don't understand that take because like clearly if they wanted to be single then they wouldn't be in mul- like relationships yeah, yeah isn't that the most obsessed opposite? with relationships <laughs> they're not single. only obsessed they're greedy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> being single couldn't be more opposite to being <laughs> in polyamorous relationships sarah unsurprising based on the current trend of things that she's been dropping hints about over the last few weeks she said that she sometimes wish it she sometimes feels conflicted about being a mom versus being a wife and that polyamory doesn't sound like such a horrible idea if she could just like find someone who would take care of take care of max for her right so she was saying she's not for it because she would be too jealous but then she goes on to say 
basically that she would be for it. I'm like, okay, so you do understand. <laughs> like, I feel like her sense of humor lately has been almost going in like a joy kind yeah. of old school way where her jokes are all about like, I hate having sex with my husband. Like, as soon as it's over, I'm writing the grocery list. Like, and I don't know if that's just like her type of humor that she's exploring or what's going on. It's osmosis. It's because she's sitting too close to Joy at the table. <laughs> but I did think it was a weird con. Like, it was such a graphic comment, I thought, that it was like, yeah. Wish someone would just jack off Max for me. <laughs> I know. Like, we didn't need the visual. Yeah. <laughs> I think, like, why it's so hard for people like Alyssa to wrap their head around, it's it's because, like, they only know how to evaluate what a relationship is, like, based on this one criteria of, of like, what a relationship is. Like, they can't fathom that, like, there's different types of relationships. So, like, Alyssa can only see a relationship as, like, a contract, like a sexual binding contract. Yeah. And I also, you have to think about the world these people come from. Like, think about the world Alyssa was raised in, where her social circle would hire a babysitter during a Madonna concert till 10.30 p.m. <laughs> like, this is not, she's not going to run into polyamorous or non-monogamous people yeah. in her life. Well, that's, that's not the, our world. That's like, the next thing I was going to say is like, straight people just like, unfortunately live in a dark little prison where they (laughs) have been like highly conditioned to like feel like they have to live their life in a certain way and gay people don't have to they've already broken free of that mold so like they're they're able to decide for themselves like whether monogamy is right for them or not she went Mm -hmm. like the weirdest thing that she said to me or to me personally was (laughs) (laughs) so she says to me she says she said, I just don't think humans are wired that way. And that just makes no sense to me because, like, does she not understand that the reason that humans do everything comes back to, like, the patriarchy, capitalism, white supremacy? Mm-hmm. Like, that's why the nuclear family exists. It's not because of biology that men and women get married. Yeah. So your logic being like, I just don't think humans are wired that way. It's like, they're not. We were all brainwashed that way. T. Yeah. Alyssa was like, <laughs> monogamy's the way to go. Just put your lips together and smile. <laughs> <laughs> but then Whoopi almost came out as non-monogamous at the end, which she's tried yeah. to do before. And I don't know if I fully believe her, but I appreciate... I, I Like, I don't know if she's non-monogamous. I don't think she's a sexual being. Like, I don't think she wants anything well, from anybody. I think she wants us to believe she is. Yeah, but I, I think, think she's, she's more extremely... so, like, trying to represent her friends who are. they're trying. She's no, trying to give think, them visibility on TV. I think she was trying to give her own sexuality visibility on TV. I've heard this and, woman talk about having one-night stands, like, day in, day out. So if she's not true. a sexual being, I don't know what she is. A pathological liar, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I took it as her coming out as being polyamorous. Okay. And not wanting to... It's like, I think that she didn't want to put her business out on the front page news. At the same time, she was like, I'm not going to sit here and listen to you freaks talk down about polyamorous people when I am one of them. 
Do you mm. remember what exactly she said for anyone who hasn't yeah. seen? She said, if I seem like that, it's because I'm good like that. <laughs> if I seem like that, it's because I'm good like that. That's all I needed to hear. And they cut the camera so fast. <laughs> they were like, it's 1030. Some people haven't even had their second coffee yet. <laughs> Let alone their second partner. <laughs> Well, speaking of second partners, I have some micro moments to discuss. And my first one centers around Jodie Foster. Uh Uh-oh. I know. So I actually have, (laughs) I actually have a couple of moments, but they're all pertaining to the Jodie Foster interview. Firstly, I'd like to just point out, this was the very first time ever in history that Jodie Foster was on The View. That's actually mind-blowing. We're talking about someone who's been in the acting business for over 50 years. And this was her first time on The View. And I don't know if it's like she just never wanted to go on The View. And now it was like, oh, whatever. Like, what have I got to lose? I'll just do it. Or what? Maybe there is like a secret feud happening. <laughs> she had some beef with Barbara Walters. Could could be. And she was like, now that she's out of the way. <laughs> So Jodie Foster was on. I've never, not since Gypsy Rose Blanchard and myself, have I seen anyone so delighted and obsessed with the new view mugs. <laughs> she, she could not focus on the interview because she was so delighted with the mug. She called the mugs ingenious. <laughs> and multiple times at the beginning of the interview, she's like, look at the, get a load of this. And then at the very end, at the very end of the interview, they're like, Jody, you please come back anytime. She holds up the mug. She goes, well, now that I know you got these, I'll be back. Like, that's literally all it took was for her to see these novelty mugs. Where was, like, was she when they used to have, like, crazy mugs all the time? I, that's well, she wasn't on know. The View. <laughs> she had, like, she didn't know that they existed even. She probably didn't, never even flipped the channel on because... Because Barbara Walters probably asked her some sexist question in 1993. Yeah. But I, it go. felt like, you know, if you're not like not you personally, but if you're like at somebody's <laughs> house and they have something really nice, you're like, God, that's a nice lamp. Where'd you get that lamp? You think it's, you think you're going to yes. leave it there? Is it going to go down to the den? Because when you're done with that. I'll take it off your hands. Like she was, was begging for them to be like, by all means, have the mug. They gave Gypsy Rose a mug, and here's Academy Award winner Jodie Foster saying that the mugs are ingenious, and no one could speak up and say, "Why don't you take one home?" It's like you, 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 you drank from it. It's yours. Yeah. There's no dishwasher here. <laughs> There's barely a bathroom. It's down the hall and to the right open a door cross another hall and you better be back in 30 seconds <laughs> you think we're washing these mugs um another moment that i wanted to bring up was that they were talking about her role in naiad and sarah said we saw your arms if i had to take my shirt off i'd want my arms to look like that too does sarah not know what her arms look like <laughs> Like, she's praising Jodie Foster's muscled arms, like, very fit arms in this movie. But, like, 
Sarah, look in the mirror. I'm sorry. I know that there's only one bathroom and you don't have very long to spend in there. But no next mirrors. time you're in there, it's just, it's no like a <laughs> you're in there, just look at your arms. Also, I thought it was interesting that when she said that, her arms were on full display. And it was like, <laughs> honey, the top doesn't have to come off. By no means does the top need to come off. Just take your shirt off. We can off. see the arms now. Just let me get a closer look. That's the thing. Every time she goes to Disney, she's wearing these cut-off t-shirts. The top's on, but baby, the arms are out. Like, I just didn't... I, I don't know. Is she not aware that we can see her arms? Sometimes we're our own toughest critic. <laughs> Apparently. Speaking of, great segue, next point. Jody was talking about her kids. They were asking if her kids... When her kids kind of realized that she was famous. And she said... Um, there's some movies they'll never see, like Nell. She said that her kids, te- her kids tease her about Nell, even though they've never seen it. She didn't elaborate on why they tease her for it, and no one asked. I also just want to point out, as mentioned with the Jamie Lee Curtis interview, how she went on Kelly Clarkson and s- repeated almost the exact same thing. Jodie Foster also went on Kelly Clarkson just a few days after don't tell me she talked about nell she repeated the same stories <laughs> kelly imagine my surprise when kelly clarkson says so what did your kids think about growing up with you being famous she repeated the same story about how she brought her son to the set he thought she was a construction worker about how there's movies that they're never gonna see she didn't mention nell by name on this one because i think kelly probably would have pressed her on it <laughs> <laughs> Because then then, Kelly would have done her Nell impression. (laughs) To make things even freakier, guys, when Jamie Lee Curtis was on Kelly Clarkson, or no, sorry, it was either, I'm getting the interviews confused because they talked about the same things. It was either during The View or Kelly Clarkson when they were talking about The Bear, the TV show The Bear, and how she manifested being on The Bear, Mm -hmm. playing the mother. She says in that interview the role was actually offered to one of my best friends. Guess who that best friend was? No. It was Nell? Jodie Foster. It's, it's fucking Jodie Nell fucking Foster. Did she say so, whether her kids would be allowed to watch Contact or not? <laughs> she didn't specify that one. Hmm. Also crazy <laughs> that during the Jodie Foster interview, when they all went around the table talking about their favorite Jodie Foster movies... No one brought up contact. I couldn't believe it. I was like waiting and waiting. And like, Sarah's like, well, since we're taking a walk through your career, I was like, here we go. Here you we know, go. It's like you know time to pay attention. You know who would have brought up contact? Megan McCain. Yeah, for sure. Because Megan McCain loved aliens. Because she always talked about Occam's razor. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> and that's from the movie Contact. Literally. Also, big missed opportunity for Jodie Foster when Sarah was talking about her arms to not be like, your arms look great. They should have sent a poet. (laughs) No words. It's beautiful. (laughs) So just like so much happening between the Jamie Lee Curtis to Jodie Foster worlds, Mm. so interconnected. Also, this is just a sidebar for anyone out there listening who's a fan of the L word who might not already know this. Jodie Foster's spouse is the woman on the L word 
who is the documentary filmmaker who plays, who, who like betrays Helena. And in real life, that woman is also a documentary filmmaker. I'm scared. <laughs> you should be. Things are getting weird. So those are all of my micro moments specifically about Jodie Foster. Okay. Sean, do you have any honorable mentions? (laughs) Yeah, well, since it's come up a few times about Alyssa being the millennial, but I mean, like, not slash Gen Z because she's not Gen Z, but the millennial representative on the panel, I... And I haven't checked in with this show in a while, so I've been kind of curious to see, like, how is Alyssa settling in? And she really seems to be going ham on this millennial rep uh, position she's been put in. And it's getting, like, a little cringy for me because they're they're having serious political discussions. And in one of them about um, DeSantis, like, sort of dropping out of the primaries, Alyssa... <laughs> made like the cringiest statement where like in one sentence she said something like i'm paraphrasing here but she was like you know what's giving me the ick about these primaries that they're giving sexism (laughs) (laughs) that's like literally something i would say i was like you're down (laughs) big rig we're going a little too fast here diva down diva down (laughs) One of my other micro moments was when they were talking about um, if presidents should have full immunity. And that somehow went to them talking about Nikki Haley. Anna said, she reminds me of a human version of those wind socks that you see in front of used (laughs) car dealerships. Then not five minutes later, same topic, still talking about Nikki Haley. They said... Um, Nikki Haley should come on The View if she wants to talk about how America wasn't ever a racist country and they all would love for her to be there. Um, Anna says, the invitation is open. And this is just moments after saying that she's a human windsaw. (laughs) So so I think in our last episode or the one before, we were saying, like, I wonder if they've even asked Nikki Haley to be on the show. Well, there's our answer. Yeah. Also, side note about talking about Nikki Haley saying America's not a racist country. Remember a few years ago, Whoopi saying America's not a racist country and fighting with Rosie O'Donnell about that. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. here we are. And no one wants to bring that up. <laughs> and you know what the crazy thing is? That that was in 2005, which makes it 18 years ago. It was in 2000. So it could vote. I know, it was a joke. Okay. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> okay. It's just because we got the. As Marie said that Kelly Osborne was, was twenty years ago, it so was I like was a like, very complex joke. <laughs> but it made me be like hyper policing the dates that we throw out on. This. Um, I have another micro moment when they were talking about who Trump might pick as his VP and they were talking about, yeah, like maybe it's going to be Nikki Haley. Maybe it's going to be Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Maybe it's going to be Tim Scott. Very micro because it was blink. Blink and you miss it. Sarah had a little slip up that nobody corrected where she called Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Sarah Tuckabee Sanders. (laughs) (laughs) Trinity, the Tuckabee Sanders. (laughs) I noticed that too, and I was like, "Am I missing something? Like, did I miss like an inside joke?" Waving a fag, a flag. 
Is it okay if I speak about sharing your layoff on social media for a moment? Yes. Um, because Sunny was quick to admit that she had been fired from m- many places in her lifetime, and she starts listing them off. She says that she was fired from Fridays because she showed up to work drunk. <laughs> I uh, originally got confused because I thought that she meant she was fired from The View on Fridays. It's <laughs> like... You showed up drunk, and they they only fired you from Fridays. Like that means, okay, that means Joy showed up drunk on Mondays. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then she says um, she was fired from CNN because they decided they went in a different. They wanted to go in a different direction, and then they didn't like that direction they had gone in, so they wanted to rehire her back. And then that brings Joy to be like, "Hey, that happened to me here." And um, they almost start, like, competing over who's who got fired and brought back more times. And Joy says, I've gotten fired many times, and I always come back. I'm like long COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was another, I think, moment where they, like, cut the cameras. Oh, yeah. yeah. You could feel the, ten- the tension emanating from Brian's podium. <laughs> Joy honestly has been going off lately. Mm-hmm. It's giving... <laughs> Isn't that what Alyssa said? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's giving... Go off, queen. It's giving sexism. <laughs> I have a micro moment where Anna went off on Sarah, and it was, again, about the Republican primaries. And Anna, and she was talking about, like, a historical, um, or, or maybe current, I don't know, whatever. She was talking about a Democrat running um, in the primaries for Florida, uh, named Charlie Crist, and she said her dog could run a better campaign than Charlie Crist. And Sarah says, hey, don't put Cha-Cha down. And then Anna stops. There is a full beat of silence, and she points her finger in Sarah's face and says, keep my dog's name out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild, because Some- Cha-Cha is Sarah Haynes. Yeah, like, what's happening but with the Sarah, Cha-Cha, Anna triangle i don't know but it doesn't sound good do you have any more honorable mentions i guess i thought it was weird when jamie lee curtis was talking about manifesting her husband and saying well i found him in a magazine and he would like not there was nothing special about him he was just a man wearing a plaid shirt and then she points to a man innocently (laughs) working for the view on the floor and she goes like him Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then like immediately the fastest reflexes i've ever seen holds up his hand and shows his ring on his finger yeah like he actually felt in that moment that she was trying to like steal him yeah did everyone know that the man that she's talking about her husband who she manifested did everyone know that that's christopher guest (laughs) i didn't know like the director and star of like best in show that's who jamie lee curtis is married to she's married to corky from (laughs) waiting for guffman oh my god that's amazing and they've been married for like 35 years wow great cut (laughs) they've been married for eight how long (laughs) 35 Since 2005. Since 2005, <laughs> which means they've been married for 18 years. <laughs> They're like, long keep it. <laughs> They're like, long COVID, just keep going. <laughs> I can't talk anymore. Uh, All right. Well, is there anything else you'd like to say, Elizabeth? No. 
No. Okay, well, it was lovely to have you back on the podcast, Sean. Mm -hmm. Thanks for having me. If you want to see more Sean, you can write your letters to Sean Ross. (laughs) Stop doing that. He keeps giving up my email address on podcasts. (laughs) If you want to see more Sean, you can find him in an orange beanie um, front row at your local Madonna concert. (laughs) He won't be able to see you, but trust and believe you'll be able to see him. You can catch me from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. every night. (laughs) So on that note, if you're still listening, don't be shy. DM us with any comments, questions you'd like us to talk about on the podcast. Feel free to leave us a voice memo. And until next time, have a great day, everyone. And take a little time to enjoy. Kelly Rowland and Sarah Tuckaby Sanders. (laughs) Sean. Hit it, Abby. Do you want me to do another take? Why not? Do as many as you need. (laughs) Hit it, Abby. That's it. That's all, folks. See you later. John Huntsman, the real job creator. If I seem like that, it's because I'm good like that.